Welcome back to Legion of Superheroes versus Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. We are part of Uncanny Treks. And tonight we are here to talk about the episode sevens of season two. We're talking Unnatural Alliances for the Legion. Originally aired on the 17th of November 2007. And then we are talking about those old scientists, the Strange New Worlds. Lower Decks crossover originally aired on the 22nd of July 2023. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Doing pretty well, Bob. Two episodes of Star Trek Strange New Worlds this week. It was like Christmas. It's crazy. It's like Christmas, but then you have to clean up and edit both of them, Matt. Yeah, it's fine. But here's the deal, Bob. <laughs> the crazy part was that I didn't know that those old scientists was going to release on Saturday at like, yeah. it was like six or seven o'clock. And it was like yeah. 7.42 when I found out. And you got to believe, nice. I like jumped to Paramount Plus. I was like, gotta watch this now. And like, I was so, I was so happy. Like, that understood, that yeah. was like Christmas for an adult. It was so crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, wow. it, it was bad timing for me because I was at a cabin in the woods. <laughs> so I did. I made uh, sure you knew it happened though, Bob, so you could feel yes. left out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, Although it turned out the, the the internet connection and the cell connection out there was better than I expected, so I uh, I got up I just got up early Sunday morning and streamed it on my laptop and was very happy. Bob Bob kept going to the bathroom and watching five minutes. Of it. Yeah, yeah, five minutes at a time. Five, five minutes minute spurts, yeah. No, no, nah, nah, man, I was I was I was sleeping on a futon in the garage and then I just nice. in the garage. It was nice. All right. <laughs> it was cold in the garage, but it, it was fine. So Bob, let's talk talk about these episodes. Yeah, yeah. So in the plot of Unnatural Alliances, you want to run run uh, that through for us, Matt? Sure, Bob. So in Unnatural Alliances, Bouncing Boy, Superboy X, Starboy, Brainiac 5, and Duplicate Damsel try to protect boy inventor Abel for Western-themed C-41 android Terra Man. And Terra yeah, Man, nice. Bob, he's kind of scary looking. Yeah, <laughs> you want to describe him for the folks at home, Matt? He's like a cowboy robot, but he's a bounty yeah, hunter. Much it, yeah. He yeah. reminds me of, uh, what was that alien in the Mandalorian, the guy in, was it Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett with the Cade Bane or whatever his name was? Oh, yeah, yeah, from Clone Wars. Very, very reminiscent of him. Yeah, although Cade Bane is more like blue alien and more Clint Eastwood, like man with no name, Sergio Leone, whereas Terra Man is more just a robot, I think. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty mean looking. So he is actually an old Superman foe. Do you, do you know anything about him, Matt? I'd never heard of this guy before. He was brand new to me. I think he was more of like a late 70s, early 80s one. I don't think he was around when we were around. I I don't know this for sure, but I kind of wonder if he was made to cash in on Westworld, like the movie that came out in like 73. Yeah, I could totally. Yeah, he has that vibe. <laughs> Definitely. Even his horse and stuff or just yeah, remind yeah. me of that. So what did you think of, uh, I guess we could call this the real debut of Starboy. We actually get to see quite a bit of him in this episode. Yeah, I mean, he's got gravity powers, so he can like change the amount of gravitational force that's being pushed or pulled against a person or an object, which is a cool power. You know, he's not just yeah, flying, because yeah. they can all fly. they got their ring. It would literally make him one of like the most powerful members, right? He controls one of the fundamental forces of reality. Yeah, I don't, I don't even see how his powers like work or function, but it's cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's cool, yeah, yeah. And as, as it usually manifests in the comics, I mean, sometimes they get more creative with it, but as it usually manifests in the comics, he just makes stuff heavy. Yeah, well, that's what it boils down to. And then he can do the opposite, too, if he wanted. Fly up <laughs> so, in the Matt, sky. 
<laughs> Did you think uh, Superboy X was going to kill this kid? Oh, I totally thought that was happening, Pop. He looked. He, he literally asked the other members who else wants to pet him, referring to the child. Like <laughs> yes, I mean, he had yes. no clue what a kid was. So, Bob, do the clones have concepts of children? I never considered it, but I do like the idea that clones would be like prejudiced against you know children who were born in more conventional ways. Yeah, I mean, most narratives kind of like require the clone to be aged up a little, you know, so they can meet mm-hmm. the original and look the same, and you have all that drama and shit. Yeah. So I feel like they skipped the childhood. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking of Damian Wayne as an example, right? Yeah, isn't Damian, yeah. you know, uh, I I think it varies how much that's emphasized, but okay, yeah. If we're going to be ten, the timeline doesn't line up correctly. I'll just put it that way. Uh, it, there's no way it can because he's ten, right? I mean, like Batman is usually about thirty, early thirties or mid thirties in comics. I if the if he if the encounter with Talia happened when he was twenty five or in his early twenties, it's it's it could work. Yeah, but I mean, Son of the Batman is probably probably happened later though, right? No, I mean, early twenties. I mean, you would have to accelerate things a little bit, but... Yeah, exactly. I, I, I That's think... what I'm saying. That's the problem. They have to accelerate their age. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you'd have to, like, compress, like, all the Batman comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd have to have, like, four 30s. Robins show up in, like, one year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just keep losing these Robins. Jason Todd got killed, so I got Tim Drake. And then Tim Drake became three other different types of Robin <laughs> in a year. Say say if he starts being Batman at twenty two, and then you compress, you compress uh, everything into four years. Okay. You know, so like he, he son of the demon happens around twenty six. I mean, also nothing's stopping you from like saying, really, from saying that son of the demon happens, you know, in the actual timeline around the seventies. I, I I don't think like you could just oh, say damn, that. Oh damn! Now you're like, stretching, Bob. Oh, oh come on! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, just agree no. let's just agree that <laughs> let's just agree that it, it's okay damien probably doesn't fit in this category but you know what i'm talking about Su- yeah, the original I, superboy I, when he was cloned he was just a teenager he didn't have a childhood and he grew up in a in a, in a vat for so many weeks or whatever yeah, he broke yeah. Out. that's what i'm talking <laughs> about yeah sure 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 okay so matt in general what are your thoughts on baby hitler situations yeah, this little kid, Bob, this was just Terminator 2, this whole episode. And I, I have to say, Superboy X is literally Arnold's T-800 in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there's big Arnold energy to Superboy X. I buy it. They're both extreme. I mean, this is all time travel, some multiverses. It's just what we like. It's just, they're just trying to well, appease us. It's what, it's what you like. It's what, it's you what like. I like. It's what apparently most people in America like, is everything has to do with time travel and multiverses. Sure, Matt. Rub it in. Rub it in. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, fun episode, but let's get to the thing we're all here for. Yeah, here we go. So, all right. in the plot of those original scientists, or excuse oh. me, those old scientists, yeah. what happens, Matt? Say, so a portal portals Boimler back to have a 20-minute adventure with Pike's Enterprise and Orion scientist. Then the portal portals Mariner back to have another 20-minute adventure. Indeed. So, Matt, before we get into the portal portaling and those old scientists, we got our Lower Deck Season 4 trailer first, which I assume we'll be covering here on Uncanny Trek, so check us out on that for about a month. But what did you think of the Lower Deck Season 4 trailer? I mean, uh, it was okay. There weren't as many 
things that drew me in is the previous one. Like, I feel like I, they did make the mention of this specific episode at the end. You know, they yeah, made a reference to yeah. this Stranger Worlds episode where they went back in time. So I think that's cool. Yeah. But I didn't see I, anything that really stood out. I'm hoping they're keeping some stuff secret. Hopefully, hopefully. And I noticed uh, that our Vulcan girl, who seems to be Vulcan Mariner, you know, from, I think, the season two finale, if I remember right, who was supposed to join the Cerritos, but then was just nowhere to be seen for all of season three. Uh, she's in the background, so hopefully she's, like, actually on the crew now. Yeah, I feel like she shows up once a season, because I want to say she was in the last episode of the first season, too. <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, know. Will this finally I, be the season she becomes a regular member of the cast? I, I don't know, Bob. I hope so. And I mean, I really want it to be so because I feel like they've defined. I, yeah, I've said this on our Lower Decks coverage. They've defined the kind of Fantastic Four of Lower Decks so much that it's like we really need other characters. Like, I like the four main characters <laughs> of Lower Decks, but it's like we got it. We know what they're like. Right. The, the, to me, that kind of showed through in this actual episode, you know, with the live action. Mm -hmm. We knew what to expect from Mariner and Boimler. Oh, and yeah, they did, totally. They didn't totally. let us down. It was there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that pretty yeah. quickly. So, Matt, did you ever watch uh, Stargate, either the movie or some of the TV shows? Uh, not a lot of it, no. I mean, I understand the, the general, like, yeah. what it's about. I I would just say, no, well, not exactly being the same. The the portal looked very, very much like a Stargate, at least to me. I mean, I haven't watched much Stargate either, but it looked very, very much like my vague memories of a Stargate. There's only so much you can do with a door, Bob. Yeah, it's true. I mean, all portals are going to portal and go, are going to present in a pretty <laughs> similar way in that. Um, it can be a circular door, a triangular door, a square door. It's just got to have a frame. So it's got to have a frame. I'm just going to assume the Stargate portals had frames. So if the frame is the best part of the portal, we did find out what Pike's uh, favorite part of the communicator is, which is flipping it open, yeah. <laughs> which was a nice uh, contrast to his horror at finding out that Boimler has a comm badge. And that is the best part. That's why people used to love those flip phones. Remember those? Oh, I, 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 not only do I remember Oh, yeah, you still own one. I didn't even make that connection. Bob likes it so much he kept his... <laughs> It's it's actually not a, a Star Trek thing. It's just a, I I don't need the internet in my pocket, man. <laughs> this is kind of a, a a weird question, but I thought the way they handled Boimler and Mariner meeting Nooney and Singh was a little interesting because neither does Boimler or Mariner ever make a comment about her being famous. Unlike, say, their reaction to meeting Uhura or Pike or Number One, but nor do they make any con observations. So it was just kind of interesting that, you know, she's not going to be as famous as the other members of the crew, or maybe they just mention it off panel, or but they also never bring up the con connection. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. So I rewatched the episode yesterday because I wanted to make sure I had it fresh in my mind when we get back into uh -huh. this. And I, I paid very close attention to the scene where Boimler is introduced to Nooney and Singh. And it happens immediately after he has that reaction to seeing number one. Yeah. And so he's maybe just so absorbed by it. He is. He's still, he's freaking out about seeing number one when he's introduced yeah. to Nooney and Singh. So I don't even think he hears her name. So maybe that, I, I feel like that may have been the reason. But then the other issue is, like you just said, they know everyone on the ship. So that, I guess we just assume. I don't think he ever acknowledges Chapel. 
but I feel like they have big fan responses to everyone else. They do. Like Ortegas yeah. and Mabinga and Spock, definitely. Yeah. Oh, everybody. I mean, and see, that was originally my thing. I was like, well, they just don't know who these people are. But then I'm like, no, they yeah. know every single person on this cruise. It's like, yeah, you're right. Also, they, didn't, they didn't specifically say Chapel, but yeah, they still interacted with her like she was someone that, you know, <laughs> that yeah, be somewhere. But, but it's also but, fun. It's also kind of funny in meta, though, because the only two characters who are new characters are Ortegas and uh, Nuni and Singh. But so it's, it, 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 there is maybe something to that too. Although again, like, you know, Boimler does say something to Ortegas, like you're a war hero or something. Oh yeah. Boimler knew Ortegas. Yeah. So that kind of shot my theory out of the ground, but I'm wondering if Nudian Singh is just like a common last name <laughs> during this time. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not, definitely not in the 23rd century, but maybe by the 24th century, things have changed. Yeah. It's but... just like a, it's just like a common name, like Smith or something. Nudian Singh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. There's just, it's just strange. Or maybe like, it's one of those things you just don't talk about. It's like having the last name <laughs> Hitler back then. Oh, he's... Yeah, yeah. Best just to not mention it. I I will say the the kind of an awkward transition, but the wokeness about the Iron Pirates and uh, the Orion Pirates in this episode is so funny. No, they weren't pirates, Bob. They were scientists. Someone had to build their starships. <laughs> it's great. Game? Well, it's it's great that it's like they do like the double reverse, right? Where like the first reverse is like, you know, Tindy's like, oh, it's so offensive. They were scientists. And it's like, no, it turns out they were pirates. But then the, but they this, really the wanted next, to be scientists. Yeah, they really wanted to be scientists. It's like so good. And it's like an example of why I like this show so much is that like it does have like woke progressive values, but it's also like willing to complicate them and play with them. It's not just like it's not so self-serious about it. Yeah, there's some damn humor behind it, which makes it good and fun yeah, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part oh, that gets that gets missed with the wokeness sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Humor. Discovery. <laughs> yeah. So I also really loved Ortegas and Chapel hazing Boimler. That was such good stuff. Yeah, but uh, Boimler definitely gets Chapel back, Bob, by uh, completely fucking up their relationship. Or her which relationship I, with Spock. <laughs> it's it's hilarious too that just the episode before I was complaining to you that like as much as I liked Chapel and Spock getting together, it was kind of hard of like it was hard for me to see like okay how are you going to break this up in a satisfying way that like still kind of respects what their relationship is in the original scientist or mm -hmm. in uh, the the original series, and then we we have the answer here. It's like Boimler telling. Spock or telling Chapel that Spock is not Spock when he's with Chapel. It's perfect. And then really like, she is. has to break up with him for the sake of the galaxy. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. it just it just sowed it just sowed those seeds, you know, that we've already like, you know, well, they're not gonna be together. There's no way they can stay together. And we know this. And Chapel knows this because Spock isn't acting the same way he should, you know, in Boimler's timeline. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. So Who's good. And it? also it's Chapel's <laughs> she knows it. And and it's also just a great example of dramatic irony of like we and Chapel are horrified by what Boimler's saying, but like we know Boimler's right, but we also know Boimler has no context for it. Right. It's, it's just it like it like so it's like we're realizing things that both of them don't realize, and it's so it's so good. Yeah. So did you like Pike as the beleaguered dad in this episode, Matt? I really did. He makes a ton of dad jokes at the beginning. He's like, you don't look a day over a hundred. Har, har, har. You know, like, tell him Boimler that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. He's such a dad. 
and it just his exasperation about Boimler and Mariner. It's so good. It, I mean, basically, in some way, they just turn him into Captain Freeman for this episode. It just was yeah. angry. It's like keeping a toddler from knocking over the furniture is what he compared it to. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. Exactly right. I also did enjoy, uh, number one, uh, throwing side-eye at Boimler and Mariner and noting, I think, to Spock or Pike, I don't remember which, that their references are weirdly specific. Yeah, it's very meta. Extremely meta. <laughs> they're all winking at us, Bob, but they're not breaking the fourth wall. That's the best part. And this kind of goes back to what yeah. you said a minute ago. They don't break the fourth wall, but they do acknowledge we're watching in a sense. Yeah, yeah, which is which is so much better, right? Like, the direct address so often falls flat, but this is, both shows have a good way of, like, acknowledging continuity and the viewer's knowledge without beating you over the head with it. Yeah, it's just beautiful writing, which is why they should be paid more. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pay pay your writers and, and pay your actors. Uh, look at how good Strange New Worlds is. This is what happens when you pay your writers <laughs> and your actors. So... Let's see. Um, I do really love Mariner just thirsting for Spock, just in the grand tradition of Jadzia Dax in uh, <laughs> Tribbles and Tribulations. Mariner really wants some hot Spock. And I also really enjoy, because uh, I share this opinion with Mariner, that when the prospect of her and Boimler going to live off the grid comes up, she's like, no, I thrive off the grid. I require the grid. <laughs> That probably describes the two of us, Bob. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I, I'm always on the grid. You're, you're not. I know. If the if the, if the the zombie apocalypse comes, Matt, I'm shooting myself in the head. Why, why would I want to live in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> uh, did you enjoy the exchanges between Mariner and number one about the uh, about Boimler's pinup of number one? Yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder. I, could, I kept thinking back to what the pinup was. That Okay, have we seen that poster before? I, I watched the episode a second time, um, not as recently as you, uh, and I wanted to watch it just A, because I loved it, and B, because I needed to take notes, because I, I wasn't taking notes on it when I watched it in the garage, Yeah. and C, because I wanted to see if they had put the poster in earlier in the episode, and they don't. Which is, if I were going to say there's a flaw with this episode, is that, like, they should have shown the poster, I I feel like. I think it would have made the gag funnier. But maybe in other Lower Decks episodes, you do see the poster. I don't remember seeing it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there. Okay. Well, folks, hit us up in the comments on X. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, if you God. if you were, if, if you were aware if they showed this poster before, just, or not, just call it Twitter, Matt. It's the most <laughs> recognizable brand in the world. If you say hit us up on X, it's like it's like, <laughs> sounds like you're asking them to come to our OnlyFans. Like, come to our OnlyFans and ask us about this pinup, guys. Hit us up on X. It also sounds like we're on drugs or something. Hit us up on X. <laughs> I mean, sp speaking of, you you got some. <laughs> X go give it to you. I'm trying to think of what other. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. Why? Like, who sat down and thought that name was okay? With all like us just making fun of it now, they didn't have this kind of conversation. It must have just been Elon Musk's decision, and no one else was involved. You know, he's obsessed with it, right? Like the, yeah. the letter X, yeah. like SpaceX. His weird son with Grimes that he like put X very prominently in his string of numbers name. Oh my god! Yeah, like and and also when he. Yeah, he was like an early investor in PayPal.com, and yeah. he wanted to call it X.com. Like, this is basically him acquiring Twitter, at least he's saying, is like the way to uh, realize his dream of what he thought PayPal should have been back in the day. 
So his goal is to, you're supposed to be able to associate the letter X with Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so pathetic that it's just beyond words. <laughs> All right. So um, I, another, there was another source of number one confusion for me in this, meaning like confusion about the character number one. And I missed the initial like Boimler's, I, I missed part of Boimler's initial reaction to number one. So for a part of the episode, I thought he was like freaked out because she was going to go evil or there was going to be some additional scandal about her genetic modifications or something. I think that was the whole point of them not letting you know about the poster beforehand. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, because I, I thought the same thing. I thought like, what? okay, apparently something happens to her. Either something she does something horrible or something horrible happens to her. And, you know, they're all aware of what happens to Pike because that becomes a, a yeah, plot point yeah. later on. So Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Although I think, and maybe this was, maybe I'm wrong and maybe just the knowledge of later in the episode colored my rewatch, but I feel like on rewatching it a second time, it was clear that Boimler was freaked out because he admired her. Oh, yes, but, that is why. Yeah, yeah after, you, after yeah. you know why, you can say, okay, we'll talk about this a little later, but... The actor portraying Boimler is is really good. Well, let me let me make it more precise though. I think I think it, I think if you were paying full attention, it should be obvious, even on a first watch through, that Boimler admires Number One. Although obviously it's not obvious to her. Does that make sense? Yes, it comes off as though she, he yeah he's avoiding her because he's it's almost like he's not shy but he's embarrassed well and i mean part of the meta of this episode did kind of feel like it was almost like a lesson to star trek fans about how to approach actors at conventions <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> i didn't think about that but yeah you're right <laughs> and it's directed by jonathan frakes so yeah, yeah. that just makes it better <laughs> it does it, it just adds it just adds another layer to it i think you cracked the um, code bob good job i did i did <laughs> so i know uh, exploding labs is uh more a lower x style gag but Spock exploding his lab in this episode was amazing, and I really want them to keep doing that on Strange New Worlds. That was some funny shit, and I mean, honestly, I like the, I really like the way Spock was portrayed in this episode. <laughs> and I kind of wish it just stuck just, around a little longer. Like, I need, we need a couple more episodes. Just actively trolling uh, Boimler. <laughs> yes, but yeah, it, I just, I, I, we need more of that. Although it, he, he's still, he's not as extreme in this episode, but he's still in his like emotion mode somewhat in the next episode. He is. Yeah. But not to the, not to the, no, nowhere near not the same this, extent. This shit's like degree. hilarious. Like I can watch this all day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is not a complaint cause I don't really care, but it, it is kind of funny that it's like, you know, you, you have like Spock smiling in the cage, which like famously you know a lot of like novels and other comics have tried to explain yeah and then you but in the timeline that strange new worlds has you know retcon made like the smile in the cage doesn't really make sense because the cage happens before discovery and in discovery spock and in strange initial strange new world spock is just spock but now we kind of we've kind of gone to like the manic energy we saw from Spock when he was smiling or yelling about the women in the cage. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It gives him more. It gives him more leeway to kind of play with emotions and Spock and mess with the continuity. But it's fine. I mean, I, I'm, that's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting. I'm yeah. becoming so much more lenient on Star Trek continuity now. Oh yeah, than yeah. I've ever been. I mean, clearly they're gonna reset it, and it's fine. Like, who yeah. cares? So it was also kind of speaking of like nostalgia and this being an allegory about like fans and actors. It was really funny that like both crew being nostalgic for the NX-01 for Star Trek Enterprise was the solution to the episode. Yeah, I kind of wondered if we were going to get a return of the Fleet Museum. Oh, God, not that. Anything but that. I really <laughs> did. I really thought we were going to get a, 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 a trip to the Fleet Museum to pick up something. Because when um, Ortega said that, oh, so we have to go dig up a, uh, a, a mothballed NX-01. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, like, oh, that's well, where we're going now. And just let me say, like, I hate the Fleet Museum in Star Trek Picard. And I love the nostalgia in this. And to me, this is the total example of how to do nostalgia and fan service right in a clever, funny way and not just in a stupid, horned in saccharine way like Star Trek Picard season three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. I'm also I'm wondering, though, too, if we're going to get an Archer cameo in Lower Decks. That that could be fun. That could be fun. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the Vulcan in Enterprise. I want to say it's to Paul. Pretty sure it's to Paul. Yeah, yeah. there. People were pointing out that um, she she could she could and should still be alive, so she could show up on Strange New Worlds. That'd be good. And I also I don't know if we know anything about Denubulin or Andorian uh, and Denubulin or Andorian lifespans. So presumably Doctor Flox or Shran could show up too. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of characters that could show that haven't. I just I, I do appreciate them kind of showing some respect to Enterprise because it does get a bad I'm, rap, and I, I haven't watched enough of it because I all hear it deserves sucks. it. So yeah, yeah, it deserves it. But it's but still it part is, of the history. Well, and compared compared to Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, and Star Trek Prodigy, uh, it deserves a lot of respect. Yeah. <laughs> So Matt, did you like uh, the hurricane, um, the hurricane crew? Which is to say, uh, did you like the lower deck style animation of the Strange New Worlds crew? I, I mean, I really did. Do you think they we may see these animated versions of the Strange New Worlds characters? Maybe they'll make a little cameo in the next season of Lower Decks. I I hope so. That would be fun. Another thing they might do, and hopefully, I think they would execute it better, but. You haven't watched all of Better Call Saul, right? No. So with the last season of Better Call Saul, AMC Plus put out these series of short animations about like uh, about Jimmy's childhood. And it was very like Nickelodeon, Hey Arnold style animation. And they were terrible. Oh. They were terrible. But... I, I could see them doing something like that for a season three of Strange New Worlds, where you have like a few like little animated shorts, and you know, given that this animation is much cooler and more fluid, I would be a lot more optimistic about that as compared to the Better Call Saul prequel animated cartoons. I mean, I would also just be okay with like just a, a Star Trek short of the Strange New Worlds cast, you know, just. Yeah, I think they've officially canceled the short tracks, but oh, yeah. okay. Well, oh, yeah, because yeah, okay, that yeah. Well, but I mean, no, nothing. It was a good idea for that second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I got a rough question for you, Bob. Hit me, hit me. Who came across more like their animated counterpart, live-action Boimler 
or a Mariner? Oh man, that's a that's hard to say. I kind of want to give it to a Mariner, but as much as I sometimes dislike uh, the Boimler character and the Boimler actor, like he had a much he had a much harder job in terms of expressiveness, I think, and so I feel like you should recognize that too. Yeah, that the the name escapes me right now, but the guy who played Boimler, oh my god, Jack Quaid. Yeah, Jack Quaid, he has that character down to like a T. He even did the damn walk away. Like when he walked away yeah, in one scene yeah. from number one, he did the little Boimler strut thing. Like, yes. <laughs> like I, I was amazed. I was very impressed with his, his performance. Yeah. I liked Mariner, I yes, but yeah. I feel I like Tony, Boimler's came I think across Tony more. Newsome is, yeah, I think Tawny Newsome is the name of Mariner's actress. Yeah, I think Tawny Newsome is just in general like a. Is a, she comes across better through voice acting. Yeah. But Not that I, she's a I bad really, actress. It's just, yeah, I just yeah. feel like the character she was trying to portray, I, I just didn't think it fit as well. I don't know. I did action. love her like lounging around and drinking with like Uhura and Ortega. So oh yeah. Was, those were good yeah, scenes. Those so were the best good. scenes. Spock constantly calling her out. That was hilarious. On her <laughs> like actions. Yeah. So good. So good. So you're going to ask another difficult question. Oh yeah, Bob. Should this be just a one-off thing? You mean one-off just in terms of having live live action actors from Lower Decks? Yes, live action actors from Lower Decks coming to or taking or even if they let's just say you know Prodigy does make a comeback and somehow it gets back in. Would you want to see this happen again, or should just this be one kind of a one-off episode where we had this really cool thing happen and we're not going to go back to it? Uh, I definitely never want to see another Lower Decks Strange New World crossover episode like this unless it's just like like a, a, a small set of ca- Strange New World cameos on like Lower Decks would be fine. Right, that's, yeah. Yeah, but I, I definitely never want like this to repeat. Um, I would be open to them doing more live action stuff with the Boimler and Mariner because I, like they're both so good that it's like, it just seems like hard to say no to. Yeah. So what, I mean, what would you think about like a live action lower decks episode? But yeah, I think that would be re- I mean, I, I think the budget might be prohibitively expensive, right on that, but it would be really funny and wild to just have like a random, like live action lower decks episode and where they have, you know, some gimmicky explanation or even if they just have no explanation at all. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that would be really funny. I, I don't know if that's feasible, but also, like, if they were to bring back short treks, right, I would love to see, like, uh, some bo- a Mariner Boimler, like, a live-action, you know, set of short treks. This would be really fun. That would be good, yeah. I would just like to see Tindy and Rutherford, too, get the live-action I would, treatment. too, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do it for this, because it would be, you know, too much. But, yeah, I would love to see Tindy and Rutherford... Um, go live action and then i don't know if you can make prodigy work in the same way because it's like they're kids and i think they're mostly not voiced by kids and yeah that's setting aside my distaste and hate for that show but i just don't know if it could work in the same way yeah yeah. so matt uh better worse or about the same as the nearest comparison i could think would be ds9's trials and tribulations episode yeah, I'm going to say better, Bob. I'm telling you that oh, Strange wow. New Worlds may actually overtake DS9 from the number one spot on my list of the best Trek. And I'm not kidding. I mean, they're yeah. going to need to put in way more seasons with this caliber of writing, which hopefully the strike doesn't 
I mean, the strike may affect all that, but I've just been yeah. blown away. This is like the best trick we've had. In oh, a long it's time. so good. I I will say I think I think in some ways I actually do prefer trials and tribulations because I think there's something a little more creative about the hidden crossover of it versus the overt crossover of this, if that makes sense. Yeah. But they're both great episodes. And I, I do think ultimately strange new worlds is never going to overtake DS nine for me because DS nine from like late season two to the end of season seven, there are very few misses. There are some, but there are very few misses and it's an ama- it's an amazing ongoing story and just it's the level of episodes they're putting out you know it's like 20 a year right um, and you do have to take that in consideration which is weird it's so weird to me that like the old seasons the older seasons yes they all were 20 something episodes where these are only 10 yeah so there's less story which, to tell i mean there yeah so it's just like I love Strange New Worlds. It's so good, but I just don't know that there's ever going, you know, because it's they've yet to put out a bad episode, in my opinion. But it's only going to be ten a year, and I mean, you know, how long will this show go? If if we can get five seasons of it, like we got five seasons of Discovery, that I would be thrilled. I'd be over the moon. But you know, the average for streaming shows is they get axed after three. Yeah, and then that's not even like two seasons worth of deep space nine <laughs> yeah, 30, yeah it's 30 some episodes yeah. yeah yeah i mean you're right there man but so damn I, good like i'm yeah, just saying I, the cal- I, agree with you, I guess, I guess the yeah. caliber in itself is just a, like it's on the same level as ds9 yeah yeah and i mean the only other the only other new star trek show i really like is lower decks but even even the lower decks is good like there's such a varied tone and varied level of like achievement in the strange new worlds episodes. Like the episodes are doing different things where ultimately most lower deck episodes are doing the same things, right? That and then lower decks is just, you have to have a lot of previous knowledge of star Trek to appreciate some of the gags and the Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where which strange new worlds you don't. Yeah. Gestures at that stuff. But I, I think you could just watch this totally clean, having seen no other Star Trek before it, and you would, I would hope, still have a great time. All right. So who's your character of the week, Matt? My character of the week, Bob, goes to creepy, smiling Spock. <laughs> like, I just want this... I want Spock to just be like this for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... it. it I, I want them to... I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't stretch... Spock and Chapel out a little longer. I mean, they're, granted, there's still life in it, but you know, still, it's it's great. Uh, I'd go Pike being flattered that Boimler was him for Halloween. It's like so funny, <laughs> and it's like it's like the combination of his like absolute annoyance with these kids, but also like you know he is flattered that they admire him so much. It's such a good dynamic. Yeah, the best part of that scene too is you think Pike is about to chew them a new one, then he hears that and he's like, oh. it's like they're starstruck (laughs) yeah and like we you know the show does a good job mostly through number one and to some extent his girlfriend teasing pike of like even though pike is a very pleasant guy like he does have a bit of an ego and so it's really funny to see like you know his vanity get flattered right 
All right, Bob. So let's look at episode of the week here. <laughs> what 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 could it be, Matt? What episode would it be? <laughs> I'm gonna go with those old scientists, Bob. Although I do I do find it kind of ironic that both of these episodes had to do with both the Legion and the Stranger Worlds episode had to do with time travel. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a funny uh, a funny uh, what would you say synchronicity, right? Right. <laughs> I, it occasionally I, happens. I will say it seems very unfair to Legion because usually you could at least say Legion is the best animated episode we look at in a given no. week, but you can no longer say that this week. Poor Legion. No, you really can't. <laughs> the actual five minutes of animation that we got from this uh, Stranger Worlds episode were probably better. <sighs> it's uh, hard truths, hard truths. But uh, I, I, I still like Legion, and you're, you're enjoying season two so far, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, different different than season one, and I t- I think ultimately not as good as season one in some ways, but still enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable, and it's it's got the sci-fi if that's what you're going for. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I would normally would say join us next week, but uh, probably join us in a few days as we uh, put out uh, we put out uh, season two episode eight because uh, Strange New Worlds uh, hates Matt and wants to make him do a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. All right. We'll see you next time on Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.